the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Free Show, talking about life, relationships, and achieving. Unashamed and unafraid, because I believe you mean it when you say, I am strong, beautiful, I am good enough, I belong after all, because of what you've done, this is real, what I feel, no one made it up, I am love. Here's your host, Sue Free. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show, and I am so, again, just so blessed and so honored to be with you today. I thank you so much that you joined in with me, and if you're new to the show, welcome. I just want you to know that if you are new or if you haven't caught the call numbers, call letters, or how you can get in touch with me, I just want to bring that up right at the beginning of the show so that you understand who you're listening to. And uh, how you can reach out to me, because I really want to hear from you. I'm all about connection. So connect with me, would you, by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot com. And when you go there, there is a place where you can put your information and you can uh, connect with me. You can ask me a question. You can give me some advice. I'm always open for direction or, uh, you know, constructive criticism. If you have uh, something that you'd like to say to me, if you need resources, anything you need, prayer, uh, just reach out to me, would you? And, And I read all of those emails, and I will connect with you there. I desire that. When you go to the Sue Free site, also, I just want you to understand there's a lot there for you. I have eight years of podcasts there, and it's by guest, by date, by subject matter. So you can scroll down. You can figure out what it is you're needing to to hear, and uh, maybe there's some good information there. That's the hope. There'll be good information there that can help you through maybe a trying time. I don't know about you, but we all go through them. And during those dark times, those times when it just feels like, you know, it's heavy and we're not sure what to do or, you know, what to do about it, who to go to, all of those questions. I know I have family members that are struggling and sometimes I just really don't know how to counsel. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do other than to love on them, listen to them. And sometimes that's enough. Sometimes I don't feel like it is. So when I brought this show to the Lord and I asked the Holy Spirit to guide what is to be the subject matter today, um, we are all leaders in some way or another. You know that. We, we all, there are people watching us, and we are impacting people by how we live our lives, by what we say, by what we don't say, by our actions that do speak louder than words. And so I'm, I'm bringing a book to the table, which I've brought up before, and it's, it was a gift to me, and it's called Bold Leadership, Biblical Principles for Marketplace Impact by Dr. Merlin Switzer. 
This gentleman I met at a convene group. It's a, a business group that I belong to, have for seven years. And uh, he was speaking. And it just so happened that two weeks from that day, I was asked to speak at a prayer breakfast. I was asked to prayer to pray for businesses at a prayer breakfast. And I really, really was praying and searching and desiring discernment on, you know, you only have a minute. What is the most important thing, the most impactful thing that you can say in a minute that's going to impact those listening, that's going to cause something different to happen, to to create an action, not just a listen. And so uh, he handed me this book. He said, the Lord said, you know what, I only have this one book, and I think that you're supposed to have it. So I'm using this book because I think it was a gift from God for me. And there was a person on the other end, the person that wrote it, Dr. Merlin Switzer, who listened to the Lord and gave me the book. Like I said, I have friends, I have family members that are struggling, and I've been there, done that, and I'm sure I will be there and do it again. And during those times, the strength that I get is from understanding who I am and who God is in me, and that he never wavers. So I'm going to start with you know page 72, and I'm going to read from this book, and I just want to give credit where credit is due. These are not my words. Um, they're from the, the Lord. They're Lord. The Lord's words first is God's character does not change. Our character can, can't it? But God's character doesn't change. It is immutable. Not only can we rest in this assurance, but it also underscores the value of biblical principles. Let's just consider the following two verses. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. That's in Psalm 11.4. Have you ever changed your mind? I know I have. And I'm, you know, I'm strong in my convictions, as probably you are, but we do change our mind because we get added information. But God doesn't change his mind because he's all-knowing. There's, there's reassurance in that, isn't there? For me, there is. And so the second one is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. That's Hebrews 13.8. Richard Deem on his website, Evidence for God from Science, said, this is God from Science, as time passes, everything seems to change, mountains, deserts, people, you, your likes, dislikes, views, thinking, perhaps even your personality. However, God, in capital letters, never changes. Never. That's a big, long word, isn't it? Never. God never changes moods or cools off in his affections or loses enthusiasm. His sinful man from the eastward garden and his attitude toward the sinner, the same as when he stretched forth his hands and cried, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Are you one of those? Are you somebody right now that is heavy burdened? You know, the holiday season... I have discovered and witnessed and even experienced personally is a very tough time because if things aren't going well and you're feeling kind of isolated or on your own, it's a very, very uh, depressing, sad time. And then those that have fallen in love and those that have new babies coming or newly engaged or something, it's a very happy time spent with family and friends and all those traditions that we're, we're used to when we come we just love. It's a wonderful time. But there's a lot of people, they have made discovery that suicides are up during the holidays. Why is that? Because everybody wants to feel loved. Everybody wants to feel like they belong. 
I know I do. Do you? I think if you'd be honest with yourself, you wouldn't say, yes, you do. You want to have relationships, right? But things happen, doesn't it? Things, things just happen. But what doesn't change is God's love for you. And there's, there's just, I don't know, comfort in that. And I'm hoping that if you really grasp that, that it's comforting for you if you're going through one of those down times. Like I said, the holidays can be very, very sad times. I know. I've been through very sad times during the holidays where, you know, all the traditions that were, were not anymore. And so I understand that. And if you're going through that trying time, I just want you to understand that God never changes and his love for you never changes and he's there for you. And I think that's reassuring. And I'm hoping it comforts you in a time in which you need that. Greatest Biblically Principled Values. I'm reading from this book, so I just want you to follow along with me, okay? In Jesus' day, the Jewish culture was heavily steeped in the traditions of Moses. There were many specific religious laws about how they were to live life. In Matthew 22, Jesus interacted with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. In verse 35, one of them asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus responds, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So there is the rules for life. That is the principles that if you do those two things, I'm a do it kind of person. I don't know if you are, but I am. I'm a check it off the list, do it person. I'm results oriented. And so if somebody tells me what to do and how to do it, and the results that I'm favoring or that I'm wanting, if I do these things, life will be easier or better, then I think maybe I'm going to take them up on it and at least give it a shot. I'm going to give it a try. These two commandments provide the overarching basis for biblically principled values. Loving God with your entire existence, your body, your mind, and your soul, and loving others as much as we love ourselves. That's not so easy because most of us, we love ourselves. But we need to be less self-serving and more serving. If we anchor our behavior to these commandments and use them as our principal values, what a difference it can make in our lives. If we use them to filter our decisions, in many cases, it would radically change the choices we make. Notice there is a priority here. God first and ourselves and others second. Okay, there's priority there. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. While there are many other potential principled values, they would be of lesser priority than these two. Proverbs 3, 1 and 2 reminds us, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Faithfulness to God is part of the principled value of loving God with your entire existence. The Bible assures us that unfaithfulness can only last a little while. Eventually, all of our poor choices and compromise will catch up with us. An unfaithful life leads to ruin. So ask yourself that question right now, okay? Is your life going the way you want it to? Could it be better? We're we're reaching the end of a year, okay? It's the end of the year, which means a new year's beginning. It's a new 
season. It's a new year. It's a new day. What better time than now to make a decision to do things differently? What better time than right now? I've said before, and I'll say it again, that you only have so many days in this lifetime. And we don't know normally how many days we have. Are you doing the most with every minute? Are you making the most of every minute? And what does that look like? If you're just tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you. And you're tuning in to the Sue Free, spelled like fries, one word, dot com uh, show. And, you know, Sue Freeze has a TV show now, too. It's on LA36.org. And you can tune into it. You just have to go on the Internet and you can look it up. And then you can go on your TV and you can actually watch it. If somebody would have said that I was going to have a radio show or if somebody said that I was going to have my own TV show, I would have really smiled and said, really? What is it going to be about? And I must honestly say that that I think that the things that God has allowed me to go through, I don't think he makes us go through them, but I think that he allows us. Some of the things I've been through is because of my own personal choices, and some of the things that I've been through is because of other people's personal choices. And good or bad, I am who I am because of all of those things. Am I a victim? No. I'm not a victim. I, I would say that I am a much better person. I'm more empathetic. I can understand where people are coming from. And for that, I'm grateful. And I know that God saw me through all of those things. And I'm on I'm on a good streak right now with the exception of some things happening uh, personally as far as somebody um, – somebody stealing things from me and that doesn't never it, it would never feel good to have things taken but i keep saying to myself they're material things and they're just material things even though they're very important things to me they're material things and i know that this person is making bad choices and i know that this person is going to get what is deserved for him or her i think it's a him so with that i have to let vengeance be god's and I have to live the life that God has set out for me. So if you, I, I think that when I had the one show about all of these personal issues that are happening with me at work, at home, every avenue of my life, um, I had the most response that I've ever had. And that's kind of sad in a way that there are so many people that can relate to the things that I'm going through right now because their choices from somebody else thinking that it's okay to do these bad things to another person. And and that's pretty sad. But getting back to the subject matter at hand is biblically principled values for leadership. I've got this highlighted about integrity. And the person that wrote this book did interviews with many, many, many people. And the leaders interviewed for this book identified numerous biblically principled values. Say that quickly three times, would you? But focus most often on these six. Integrity was is listed first. Love, honesty, serving others, respect for others, and working as to the Lord. And so integrity, the top ten words queried during the first decade of the 2000s, ranks integrity as the third most often word queried. If you were asked how to define integrity, I'm going to stop and just let you think about that for a second. But if you were going to think about the word integrity, how would you explain what integrity is? Time's up. People are interested in integrity, what it is and what it looks like. Integrity has been defined as adherence to moral and ethical principles, soundness of moral character, honesty, the state of being whole, 
entire or undiminished, a sound, unimpaired, or perfect condition. Integrity include candor, forthrightness, goodness, honesty, incorruptibility, principle, righteousness, and virtue. They also include corruption, disgrace, dishonesty, and dishonor would be the opposites of that word. Stephen Covey, I really like this author, in The Speed of Trust said that integrity generally refers to being honest and leaving a good impression. However, Covey added congruency, humility, and courage to the definition. Congruency is when people act in harmony with their deepest values. Humility refers to standing firmly for principle even in the face of opposition. Courage is required to do the right thing even when it's hard. If you asked yourself the question, where would you face, where would you sit with that word integrity? Would you say that you live a life of integrity? The person that's stealing from me definitely is not. Definitely is not. And, uh, you know, vengeance will be served. Susan Eberts, in her article, Practice of Personal Faith and Integrity, she says that integrity means we are consistently authentic in our public and personal lives. We are the same person. We act the same way wherever we are, and we exhibit the same biblically principled values. The practice of faith and integrity is grounded in a life of prayer and study. So let me ask you, how's your life of prayer and study? We're, we're ending a year, right? And so if you haven't been faithful and you feel that there is room to grow, I know definitely there's room to grow for me. But if there's room to grow in that arena, like memorizing biblical uh, scriptures or, you know, getting the whole picture of a book, like picking a book, like Ephesians, or even starting with Proverbs, there's 31, one for each day. And even if you started there, they kind of give you the rules for life. It's the rule book for life. And if you read them and you memorize, it helps in time of need when you are really down, understanding who you are, who God is, and that you can draw strength when you're feeling very unstrong. <laughs> Sometimes in my life, of over 55 years now, there's been times where I felt so beat up, like I just didn't know how to get back up again. And it was me looking up and reaching up because God, he's a gentleman and he's not going to snatch you. He's not going to grab you. He's not going to snatch you. You have to look up. He's giving you freedom of choice to look up and ask him into your heart. He's not going to just say, you know, you're mine. He wants you to make a choice to be his. And it is a choice. And you have freedom of choice. It's a wonderful thing. I, I, my prayer is that all my family members and anybody that I care for, that I love, that they understand who they are in Christ. And they understand that, that he's there for them anytime, day or night, that he never sleeps. That we can ask him anytime and he'll be there. Do we get our answers right away? No. And if you've been praying for a long time and he's not answering you, I get it and I understand. I don't have all the answers. All I can tell you is don't stop. Don't stop. And ask the Lord to put people in your life and keep girding yourself up and keeping strong by listening to the right things. Listen to Christian music. Oh, I love the holiday music. Just love it. 
Christmas music. I started listening. My daughter, Tiana, we started listening before Thanksgiving. And I know some people say you shouldn't do that. But you know what? We love it. We'll listen to it all day, all year long because we love Christmas music so much. So developing integrity. If you're not sure if you have it, who you are when no one is looking is who you are. So ask yourself, who are you when no one's looking? Developing integrity. I'm going to read from this book again because he gives you some, some ideas on how to do this. How do we develop integrity? Richard Hughes and Catherine Collar-Larry, I'm going to massacre that name, Collar-Larry Beatty, in their book, Becoming a Strategic Leader, identified the following steps as being central to a leader's integrity. Demonstrate concern for the collective good. Be truthful. I'm going to stop here for a second because if you've tuned out because you don't see yourself as a leader, how about a mom or a dad and you have children? Would these principles not work in your family? So workplace, family, church setting. Let's start again. The following steps as being central to a leader's integrity. Demonstrate concern for the collective good. Husbands. I'm talking to you right now. Do you just do what you want to do? Do you just think, you know, you think and you do all of the the study that you have to do and you come up with a decision and you just go for it? Or do you talk to your wife? Do you discuss it with your wife and get a collective decision? Yes. When you have a board of directors in a business, okay, there has to be a person that makes a final decision and all that responsibility is on that person's shoulders. In work, okay, I'm the president of the company. So I would say that all that responsibility is on my shoulders. In a home life, God says that it's the husband that carries that responsibility. So yes, the husband does have to make the final decision. But wouldn't it be nice to get a collective decision? Find out how the wife is feeling, how the children feel, if it's, if it's needed. So collective good, be truthful. Fulfill commitments, exhibit fairness, accept responsibility. See, I've been in relationships where I think that's the most frustrating of all, is somebody that has done the wrong thing, but doesn't accept responsibility for doing the wrong thing. How hard is it really to humble yourself and say, I'm sorry? For some, it's very difficult. If that's you, make a decision today, would you, that you're going to make a concerted effort to do better as far as accepting responsibility for making mistakes. We all do, you know. We all do. Respect others. You know, in the workplace, respecting others is so important. I respect everyone until they give me reason not to, and then it's a decision and a discussion that has to happen. And sometimes it's a misunderstanding. Sometimes after we talk it out, we have to call it out, which is not always easy. You know, those tough conversations are really hard to have. But, you know, I have found that if we hesitate on those conversations, we, we, when we finally do have them, when it gets so bad and we finally do have them, we were wishing that we would have done it a long time ago. So if there is somebody that you need to have a tough conversation with, I recommend that you do it sooner than later. Get it over with. Just get it over with. Talk it out. Pray first. Breathe first. Make sure that you've got your ducks in a row and your heart's in the right place. And then have that conversation. So we're going to be back with more of integrity and more of being a good leader right after this brief break. Hi, Sue Freeze, the Termite Lady here. It's been my privilege to serve my community for 32 years as owner of Ecola Termite and Pest Control. 
Family is one of the most important things in my life, so you can imagine my panic when my little boy Tyson stopped breathing for the first time when he was two years old. It was the most terrifying thing I'd ever experienced. In an instant, Tyson had become a statistic. One in eight children in California who suffers from life-threatening asthma. Those of you who listen to my radio show understand that I'm not a victim. I'm a mover, I'm a doer, and I'm a believer. And so I did what I had to do. I set out to find out why Tyson was suffering those horrific asthma attacks, and the journey was powerful and illuminating. I learned so much about how asthma attacks can be prevented, how you can make your home a healthier, happier environment, and how you can emerge from challenging situations like this even stronger and more powerful than you ever could imagine. I've shared my family's story in my new book, Learning to Breathe, available now on my website, www.suefreeze.com. If you or someone you love suffers from asthma, this is a book you must read. Please order your copy today. And for more information about effective alternatives to traditional pest control, please call us at Ecola 800-332-2847. We'd love to help you take care of your home and your family too. Learning to Breathe, available now at SueFreeze.com. Hi, this is Sue Freeze, the termite lady from Ecola Termite and Pest Control. And I'm Tyson Freeze, Sue's son, and also work at Ecola. I understand why Ecola is Southern California's number one alternative pest control company. As a child with asthma, my mother made it her number one priority to protect me from harmful chemicals and contaminants. I wrote a book about it called Learning to Breathe, about a love without bounds and a fight I refuse to lose. I'll always be thankful for my mom's love and strength during this struggle, which essentially saved my life. I'm proud knowing my mother, Andy Cola, cares for our customers like my mom cared for me. We are offering $100 off any termite work and $50 off pest control for new customers. Just call 877-332-BUGS for details. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. Ecola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. Love you, Mom. Ecola termite and pest control. 877-332-BUGS. You're listening to The Sue Free Show. Thank you so much, Ecola Termite Pest Management Services, for sponsoring this show. And if you need a rodent service because you hear little pitter-patters in your attic, please give us a call because we'll take care of it. And if you have a termite problem, if you have an ant problem, I know it's a tough thing and we don't want to deal with it. But you know what? These things don't go away on their own. You have to call a professional and we are the ones you should call. I want to be your first choice always. But if I can't be your first choice, please, please, please let Ecola be your second opinion. It's very important that we educate you so that you make the right choice for your family, your house and your neighborhood. So we would like to be that company. So before the break, we were talking about developing integrity. So we're going to just pick up where we left off. And uh, where we left off was right here where it says respect others was the last one. And it says celebrate other successes. Sometimes that's not easy, is it? Develop others. Confront unjust acts. That's what I was talking about, that tough love conversation, those tough conversations. Confront unjust acts. We always have to do this in the right frame of mind. So always make sure that you take a breath. Count to ten. Do what you have to do because you always have to understand. See, this is the thing with me is now with my wisdom is I always say, what is the outcome I'm really trying to accomplish here? And I always start from that perspective. What is the outcome I want? And then I work backwards from there. So it's really important that we think about those things instead of just, you know, kind of responding, reacting. And, uh, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out so well, does it? I'm sure we all can 
say, oh, yep, been there, done that. Okay. Forgive others. Sometimes we have to say we forgive before it actually doesn't feel like it. You know, it doesn't feel that we forgave, but we were making it a conscious decision to forgive. I've had to do this. And it took a long time for it actually to feel good. But I started with a decision. I'm going to forgive that person for what they've done. Someday I'll forgive this person once I catch him and justice is served. I will forgive this person for taking all of the wonderful things that have been taken from me. I will. I'll forgive him. I'm not forgiving him right now because we need to have justice served. And extend self for others. Okay. So here's the thing. One could easily make a self-assessment survey by looking at this list and asking yourself, to what extent do I demonstrate concern for the collective good? Sometimes we deceive ourselves. Perhaps it would be better to ask, to what extent do others think I demonstrate concern for the collective good? Much better and different question, isn't it? Because we have our own assessment. But how about asking those that are closest to us? how they feel, what they think. In the workplace, the best answers to any business issue is your employees, right? If I have an issue and I, I've got a problem in my company, I need to go to the front the front floor. I need to go to the front of it and say, okay, what is it we're facing here and why is this happening and what can we do to be better at this? And that's when we get the answers we need. For the bold leader, practicing the spiritual disciplines is critical. Pray that God would help you develop integrity. Read the Bible, Proverbs. Oh, look at that. For example, is chocked full of wisdom that will develop your our integrity. Consider establishing an accountability relationship with another leader and asking them to help you with integrity. So have somebody that holds you accountable. That's not always easy either. Lead a discussion at the office on the topic of integrity. Consider adopting integrity as an organizational value or as part of your personal leadership philosophy. Communicate these values to others. Lead a book club and select a book that focuses on integrity. Recognize employee behavior that exemplifies integrity. So, you know, when I'm on this show and I'm talking about business, sometimes it's easier for us to accept a behavioral change from a work business mind than from a personal one because there's a lot more emotionally charged issues with our personal situations, isn't it? I find that if I talk about it from a business standpoint, from a workplace, but we can parallel these decisions and these choices and these aha moments from work to home, So it's saying, recognize employee behavior that exemplifies integrity. As moms and dads, you know, we we say no a lot, (laughs) especially as the children are young. We're like, no, you can't do that. No, no, stop. Right. But, you know, I have a new puppy. My little puppy is 10 weeks old. And what a pain in the bottom this little one is. And he's only 2.5 pounds. But he's adorable. If he wasn't so cute, I don't know if I'd still have him. But in all reality, this puppy is uh, reminding me what it was like to be a parent when the babies were young and they were getting into everything and I have to watch them every second. And I find myself saying no a lot to this puppy. But I also was with a dog trainer and his suggestion was is to when he does something right to just go all out and be so excited when he does something right. And isn't that so true? Every single person has a desire to please. As an employee, we want to please our boss. We want to do a good job. As children, we want to please our parents, unless we're 13, 14 teenagers. Sometimes we don't. But on the whole, we have a heart where we want to please. We want to do good. 
And so when we look for those things and we applaud them and praise them, we will get more of that behavior. At least that's what my dog trainer says. And I think it's true. I, I have to praise my dog when he does something good. And I know I'm not putting us in the same category as a dog, but you know, if it, if it, if it fits and if it works, then why not? So with my employees, I am a problem solver at work. So I find that I'm always looking for, I want to address the problems. Okay, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that, or this is wrong, how can we fix it? And I had a person come up to me and say, gosh, I did 10 things right, and all you're talking about is the one thing I did wrong. Ouch, right? And it was true. I know why I'm that way, and I can excuse my behavior, or I can say, oh, man, I have got to put this in check, and I have to be looking for the good that people do and applaud them and praise them. And we appraise in public and criticize in private, right? That's what we're supposed to do as leaders and people in management. And I do that, I think, probably not all the time, but I try. So if you're tuning in right now, this is the Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, show. And uh, if you go to that site, you will be able to access many different things. And I love free. Do you love free? I love free. So I have free things on there. The podcasts are free, number one. You can get on iTunes, iHeart, or go to SueFreeze.com. But also, I have the I Ams. What are the I Ams? The I Ams are who Christ says you are. I am victorious. I am a child of God. There's three pages of I Ams where God tells you who you are. Because growing up, I had people telling me many things about who I was. And if I really listened to those, I probably wouldn't be sitting right here right now. I probably would have jumped off a bridge, I think. But I didn't. And I'm here because God is so good. And God died for you. You know, he he sent his son to die on the cross he rose again on the third day. This is factual. I came from Israel, and I saw this, and it's just, it put it all into perspective for me, and it's so real. It's not just a story. It's real, and it's for you. And when I grasped, after 13 years of marriage, when I grasped that Jesus died for me, and if I was the only person on the earth, he died for me, and I had value because I felt worthless, I felt unworthy to receive what God had. And you might be there, too. The only reason I bring this up is because I have been delivered. I've been forgiven. God's grace is sufficient for me. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because it's there for you too. And I don't want anybody to be alone during this season or any season. I want people to be around people. So connect with me, would you, by going to SueFreeze.com. Please connect with me. Holidays are tough. I know that. When you, when you download the free three pages of I Ams, do this. Read them every day, morning and night. Read them out loud so your mind, your body receives these things for yourself. Because your soul hears your voice and loves your voice better than anybody else's voice. And so it's going to be more receptive to you speaking these words over yourself. Please do this, would you? Because it will change your life. It really will. And I want that for you, and I know God wants that for you. So download them, would you? Also, if you want some entertainment, there are videos there. My TV shows are there. But the videos are there. There's one where I'm riding a unicycle, 
and uh, I'm riding a unicycle and I'm talking about the five love languages. There's another one where I'm on a Harley and I'm talking about getting back up again because I almost lost my leg and I almost lost my life on a Harley and I got back up and I rode again. And then there's one where the horse accident where uh, I have a metal plate and 10 pins in my leg right now and I'm a, a competitive dancer. But God is so good. And people would say to me during the healing time, you know, so are you 100% or, or are you getting better? And I'm, I'm getting better every day. Am I 100%? No, I'm more than 100% because I, I have extra metal in my leg. So I'm more than 100%. And I'm stronger than ever. I can still do the splits and I'm almost 60 years old. Can you believe that? I can't believe that. I think I'm only 25. I think there's a mistake somewhere along the line. But anyway, so I'm going to keep going on this book. And the next subject after after integrity was love. 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 We all want to be loved, don't we? I want to be liked. Do you want to be liked? But I want to be loved. It's so much deeper, isn't it? You know, I catch myself t- sometimes saying, oh, I love my boots, or I love this, or I love that. And I'm saying, no, I don't love that. I like that. I love people. I like things. And there's such a difference in our thinking when we think about that, because things don't love back. But people can. And so I love people. I like things. So love was the second most commonly referenced biblically principled value. The Greek culture had four words to describe the meaning of love. They include eros, which is the sexual or romantic love. Phileo, a brotherly love for people we care about. Agape, a deep love based on doing good things for another person. And storge, a love towards one's relatives used only twice in scriptures. So the golden rule, my mother used to say this, and it, it is the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I believe in that. And if there's something that somebody is wanting me to do and I think about it and I think, what would I want them to do if this was turned? If this was them towards me, what, what would I want them to do? Would I want them to tell me this issue or would I want them not to tell me this issue? And uh, when I do that, it really helps me making those tough decisions. For instance, one time, I'll make this really quick, Reader's Digest version, my, my daughter had a friend who was stealing. And my daughter loved this friend, but she knew if we said anything that the girl was not going to like my daughter anymore. But when, I was, uh, when this was brought to my attention, I was in a dilemma because I had to decide what I was going to do. My daughter was like, oh, I don't want to lose my friend. But then again, the other mother was not aware that this was going on. Now, if this was reversed and it was my daughter and she was doing this and she could get caught and she was doing something that was totally not okay, I would want this other mother to tell me so that I could rectify the problem, correct it, and get us on track. So I decided, I brought it to my daughter and I said, this is what I believe I need to do and this is the right thing for me to do. She understood and she was on board. It wasn't easy. But we did definitely do that and it was the right thing to do and the friendship did sever and you know, but I think that someday that friend is going to come back and thank my daughter for correcting this issue that happened so long ago. If you're tuning in right now, I just thank you so much. And whether you're in San Diego, Ventura, Santa Maria, wherever you are, Paris, France, Germany, thank you so much for joining in on this show today. I am really grateful for you listening in. And could you share this show? Share the show with other people. I would really, really appreciate that. So this writer is saying that, that they came up with another another word, and uh, instead of agape, they went to agapeo, and uh, 
it says that it concentrates less on the organization and more on the individuals. By doing so, the organization gains more because the employees are working to uphold the organization's needs. That's very good, isn't it? It's very good because, you know, we want to empower employees to make decisions, and they have to have the same values or they're going to make the decision that's maybe incorrect for the whole. So it has to be collective good, organizational needs need to be in place, and everybody needs to understand what the common goal is, right? A biblical perspective of love, one source said the Bible uses the word love in its base form more than 550 times. That's fifth in frequency behind Lord, God, Jesus, and heart. I think that's very interesting information. That's a trivial question. You would win if you, if you remember this. Love, then, is an important biblical theme. And it is an important. So in the marketplace, I was interviewed recently for a magazine. Um, could be on the magazine cover, which is <laughs> crazy. And, uh, you know, there was an article. The article is going to be written. And so this person came in and said he was going to do an organic interview. What does that mean? I don't even know. But he started asking me questions of, you know, if you knew then what you know now, what would be different and what would that be? And I had to really, really stop, breathe, think about that because being in business, I've been in business for 38 years, entrepreneur since I was 10. My first entrepreneurship was either selling crabs because I lived by the ocean. I had a red wagon and I'd go to the beach and get those sand crabs, stick them in a wagon and walk them around the block. And all the neighbors were so kind. They bought the sand crabs. They didn't last long, of course. But that was my first entrepreneurship uh, was that. And then my second was poodle grooming. I never owned a poodle, but um, I learned how to groom poodles. I went to the library, got a book, and learned all the different cuts. And so I had a lot of neighbors that had poodles. Why? I don't understand that, but there was a need, and I filled it. And so I opened up shop in my garage, and my mom paid for my raise, my shaver. I had to pay her back. That was part of understanding business. You need tools to do business, uh, and you needed to have clients or customers, people that wanted what you had to sell, right? I mean, that's the basics for business. And so I learned early on uh, about those things. So when he asked me that question, I was thinking, gosh, you know, I had another lady who honored me on a, 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 a yacht about a month ago, and she said, Sue, what's the secret to your success? And I said, very quickly, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care about them. Okay. And I believe that. That's on my Facebook as one of my main things that I think about. And uh, people sometimes will say, Sue, you know, work your magic. And I don't work magic. It's just I look for the win-win in everything. I look for the win-win. If there's a win-win, why not? If bo- both people can walk away from any negotiation and both people feel like they got something and they didn't get taken, then that's a good thing, isn't it? Both people walk away feeling good about whatever. So win-wins are great. So when I thought about those things and this question that this gentleman asked me, what I realized is the reason I think uh, business is so wonderful is relationships. It's connecting. It's the connecting part. And in my marriage, that after 32 years is no, lo- no more, which is sad, very sad. I don't wish it on anyone. But after 32 years of marriage, um, I brought up that I felt disconnected. And I felt disconnected for a long, long time. And it, even though we forced and tried to make the connection happen, it just didn't. It didn't happen. And, you know, your marriage is a ministry. 
And there is leadership that's involved. And there's a lot of things that are involved in marriage, and it's a very, very important, important institution. And I think that we, we all need to, to value it. If you're going to get into a marriage, make sure that you only do it one time. I mean, that's a decision. You don't go into something thinking you can get out whenever you want. So I don't know. Somebody needed to hear that. But there are times when it's just it, it, it's not going to work. And both people have to have the desire to want to work in the relationship and work it out, right? Both people need to desire that. And even though you can win a person over with a gentle and quiet spirit, and even though you can learn all you can learn, you know, do that first. Look at the person in the mirror and say, am I the best me that I can be? And if you're not, work on that. You don't have to walk out because you're taking you with you. So stay in whatever the relationship is and work on you. And maybe that's going to be enough. And man, that wouldn't that be great if it was? So I learned that relationships, uh, connecting with people was so vitally important. And if I could go back and I could collect every single business card, every single person that I've met, and I put where I met them, kind of anything that I could learn from that, if I had all of those connections, wow, what a difference that would make right now uh, in, in my life. So getting back to this book, it says, gracious words are like a honeycomb sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Gracious words. Are we gracious with our words? There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. What is your tongue doing? Right? What is your tongue doing? Jesus modeled the importance of serving others. As we serve and support others, they feel valued and loved. To love and be loved is a basic need. When leaders serve others, it helps to meet others' needs for love and a sense of importance. 1 Corinthians 13.4.8 provides some clues as to how to love others. We are to be, are you ready? Patient, kind, love the truth, and do not give up on people or circumstances. Loving leaders avoid being envious, boastful, arrogant, rude, focused on having their own way, irritable and resentful, and are not happy about wrongdoing. From Galatians 5, 23 loving biblical leaders would also exhibit joy, goodness, and gentleness as they interact with others. Whenever I read things like this, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this little survey inside my head and in my heart. And sometimes there's this little tug from the Holy Spirit saying, whoop. That one, that one you need a little attention to, right? And so maybe that happened with you. You know, maybe you could be more gracious with your words. You know, maybe your tongue could be more healing instead of speaking words that are not healing and not gracious for you to change that. And the beauty of this is that as long as we have breath, we have hope. I wrote that book, Learning to Breathe, and if you uh, know anybody that has respiratory issues, Anybody, it's so much more than that, but I just got a call today, somebody that wants to promote this book again because some people said that it was a great book, Uh, and last year I went to London because they honored and uh, featured the book. It's called Learning to Breathe. I wrote it when I was, I couldn't do anything else but lay there and heal with my leg issue, and uh, it's about asthma, it's about my son, it's about the journey I had with my son, fighting the good fight to protect my son. As a mother, we, we need to do that. 
fathers too. But as a mother, I, I can only speak for me. As a mother, um, my responsibility was to protect my children, you know, like the ducklings and the duck, right? <laughs> Nobody better mess with the chicken, the chickens, right? Um, that was me, and it still is me, even though my kids are 31 and 34. Don't mess with my kids. That's all I got to say. Uh, anyway, so... The book is very good. If you want a copy and you want to read it, just go to sufries.com and uh, I can get you a copy there. And also there is in the second button when you go into the website, it's called New Affirmations, The New I Am's. And there's a video there that walks you through a process. Now, this one does cost money. It's not free. But I will tell you that it will help you in your new season, the beginning of the new you, uh, if you go there and you watch the video and you do what it says, I guarantee you that it will help you in your life. And I really, 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 this show is about giving hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless, and maybe encouragement, inspiration, and just maybe one little golden nugget that's going to change something in your life to make it a better life for you and those that you come in contact with and those that you're leading. So holidays are coming. Do the most with it. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless. Bye-bye. This has been the Sue Freeze Show, sponsored by E. coli termite and pest control services. It's that time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home, your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.